The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Bet $100 and get $100 at winbet.com or download the WinBet app and start winning today. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Final Four Watch Party. This Saturday, sweat out your bets and win prizes with Ryan, Sean, and Colby over on YouTube.com slash Sports Gambling Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Tuesday, March 28th, currently 11.04 on the East Coast. Here to break down the six-game schedule on Tuesday night in the association. But joining me on the Tuesday episode today, you guys know him as the newest voice of the NBA Gambling Podcast. It's the man, the myth, the legend, Delonte Smith. Delonte, what's going on, my man? Hey, man, pretty good. Uh, looking forward to some of these games. Uh, they pretty good schedule, I think, so... Uh, hopefully we can get on the right side of them. Yep. A uh, couple good games here tonight. We'll dive into it as usual. But also joining us, you guys know him as the voice of the Tennis Gambling Podcast, the NFL Gambling Podcast. Podcast. I'm sorry. Soon, the season starting of the WNBA. And, of course, here on the NBA Gambling Podcast, it's Scott Studio Reichel. Scott, what's going on, buddy? And nothing much. Doing well. Uh, looking forward to going through today's card. I know yesterday's card was pretty... I don't want to say uneventful, but it was a bit of a tease because Embiid ended up not playing, and that was the main matchup that people were interested in. Did that officially sway you into supporting Jokic? How would you give an impact you think that had? Um, It was funny to see because I think yesterday, as soon as the news kind of came out that he was not going to play, I feel like the odds kind of shifted in favor of they did. Jokic, yeah. To yeah. win MVP, I personally, I know me and Terrell talked about these yesterday. Like we thought that I think everybody thought that this would be a statement game for uh, Joel Embiid to you know get that MVP. But um, for whatever reason, precautionary it was the official designation for why he didn't play yesterday for the calf injury. Uh, but yeah, I think it did again, and we kind of knew at that point. Like if you did not immediately bet, like. Nikola Jokic, like PRA or triple-double, uh, you probably missed out because he put up another massive triple-double. So right now, he is the plus-105 odds-on favorite to win MVP. Joel Embiid's not too far behind. He's plus, still at plus-110. But I, for me, yeah, it's, it did sway my opinion a little bit on MVP. What about you? I think it kind of had to, didn't yeah. it? I mean, I don't want to say that Embiid was fully ducking him because I'm not sure how much of the load management decisions are actually made by the players at this point. And Embiid's battled some injuries recently. He's been trying to play through them. Having said that, he did just have 40 and change against Golden State. Then he played on a back-to-back against Phoenix. They got buried, though, so he didn't have to play that much. And then they decided to not play him when they had some off time leading up to the Denver matchup. If you were going to rest him, then why wouldn't you just rest him in the Phoenix game? Like that part, I don't understand. Yeah. That was the back to back. So yeah. I don't understand the actual decision to rest him for that game instead of the game against Phoenix. But either way, I think it has to play a factor. But then again, Jokic 
put up a massive stat line. They won. They didn't cover, so Gambler still weren't very impressed by Jokic, but that's a separate point. But I do think Jokic should win, in my opinion. I've said it for months, but I don't know. I feel like a lot of people kind of hold it against Jokic for the defense, which makes sense because defense isn't very good. But I do have a couple issues with that. The first issue is the fact that defense has really never mattered in the MVP award race, and now they're trying to move goalposts to make defense matter than it ever has before just because they want Embiid to win. Second of all, didn't Embiid just give up 17 and 13 to Bismack Biombo and nobody's talking about it? Yep. I feel, yeah, I mean... I'm going to throw it out there. You know, Biombo goes for 17 and 13 and nobody bats an eye. I feel like that's a little bit weird. Yeah, but I don't, again, like I thought, I don't think like voters would look like look at. Hey, he's not playing defense. That the fact that he's just averaging a triple double uh, for the season as well. So um, I'm I mean, kind of being batters, facetious, but the point yeah, is, yeah. Embiid hasn't been an all-world defender either. I think he's actually no. been a bit underwhelming defensively if you look at the advanced numbers as well. So yeah. holding it against Jokic, but the main argument is, well, late in games he gets torched. That part Embiid can hold his own a little bit better. But we can stop pretending that Embiid is some all-world defender and Jokic is a bottom-five defender in the league. The disparity is not as big as you think it is. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Lante, any thoughts, uh, thoughts on that? Yeah, man, I, I bet uh, Joker at plus 250. Um, it's in the article I wrote for uh, for the SGPN um, page like maybe like two weeks ago or maybe a week and a half ago. I just thought that he shouldn't be that big of a favorite. Like, I mean, what Joker's doing – offensively and like literally his advanced metrics are so far ahead of anybody like any player in the in the league by a decent margin i mean i just don't think that is he should have been that big of a favorite um i guess it had something to do with the losing streak that the the nuggets were on and how they were playing but still he was playing pretty decent i thought and yeah i think this stretch right here is going to just put the nail in the coffin for him to have his third i mean Embiid. If Philly is smart, I mean, I, I know he wants the MVP or, but you got to kind of save him. Got to kind of save him for for the playoffs. I mean, because anything can go wrong. I mean, you know, he's got a large injury history, so one wrong move, one wrong step, we see him fall. I see. I think he falls the most of any seven footer I've ever seen. Uh, Anthony Davis is he seven uh, feet or is he? I think 6'11"? he's like six. I think he's like six ten, six eleven. But okay, I, but that too. So yeah, I'm. I mean, I know he wants to win it, but I, I factor that into my handicap of why I bet uh, Joker at plus 250. I mean, anything at plus money right now, I still would take. I mean, obviously, just for a smaller amount. But, I mean, Joker's you, – you guys said it. His, his numbers are unreal. Um, and down the stretch, I mean, it's a recency bias award. Most awards are, if you've seen, like, with the Evan Mobley, Scotty Barnes thing. Like, it's just rec- recency bias. So, I think the voters pretty much going to sway with Joker down the stretch, especially if Embiid doesn't play in half of the games that I live. And I think a big reason that a lot of people were also tempted by Embiid, in addition to Jokic having the losing streak, Philly was also competing for the division because yep, they were tied with Boston at some point, mm-hmm. and then Boston kind of went on a run lately. I believe Boston's up two games again. So you can mm-hmm. argue for seeding purposes, if that's going to be a tiebreaker for anybody, Denver's going to be the one seed. They've been the one seed yeah. for about three months. Like That's not yeah. going to change. Even Philly's in that probably the three. Yeah. Probably. Boston, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, Boston now has a three-game lead over oh, the three. I thought six, it was two. Okay. Yeah, Sixers now. Um, and then, I mean, in the West, like you mentioned, it's pretty much Denver. They have a three-and-a-half-game lead over Memphis. But, you know, uh, I, I don't think they're going to squander that lead. But, yeah, I mean, 
would be surprised he has a favorable matchup tomorrow night against the Dallas Mavericks uh, in Philly tomorrow does Joel Embiid. Now, if he goes out and drops a 45-50 piece tomorrow against them, those odds are probably going to sway again about him being favored again to win MVP. So, I mean, if you were smart, you probably could have picked up both of those guys for MVPs at a plus at three to one price or better mm-hmm. for, over the last couple months. So, we'll see how it transpires over the la- over the last couple weeks here in the association. Um, anything else you guys want to mention from last night, uh, Scott? Anything else? Oh, I was just going to say quickly on the MVP race, no offense to Giannis, but I don't think he's got a chance to win it. People can keep trying no. to drag his name in it. I don't think he's got a shot to win. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's just me. Any other takeaways? I know Terrell was right about Memphis. Uh, not Memphis, sorry, Minnesota. I thought Minnesota would beat Sacramento yesterday. A lot of pressure for the Kings trying to clinch a playoff spot, and Memphis got it, and uh, Minnesota got it done. Yeah. Good for them. Kyle Anderson might be my favorite role player in the league or like borderline six-man candidate of the year, uh, just because I think that he's a really, really good player for somebody who's just extremely underrated. And I feel like he's been a very good prop guy for double-doubles because he can get you rebounds or assists, and he's had a couple triple-doubles this season. But he's been very good, so shout-out to Minnesota for actually being the sixth seed right now. Congrats. Uh, Besides that, Utah, I think, is basically an auto-fade at this point. They can't guard anybody, and at this point, they've kind of punted on making the play-in. I don't really understand the strategy of trying to go that far into the season trying and then suddenly waving the flag, but it seems like Utah and Portland, I'm not sure either is going to win a game the rest of the season. Yeah, they have those two have pretty much punted on the season. I mean, we've seen it with Portland. Um, they're to what, top three out of their four out of the top five guys are not playing uh, for the rest of the season or sitting out games. We know that Dame is going to – we talked about it, that they were probably going to shut Dame down sooner rather than later. And they did after that Utah game. Um, well, I was going to mention something that's completely just forgot about. But um, Blonte, anything else from last night? Yeah, no, nah, not really. Um, it's just that you know um, what, what Scott's going back to what Scott said about uh, Giannis. I think Giannis is. I, I mean, any other year, like if Giannis hadn't won an MVP or two, I think he's a two. He he won back to back, right? Did Giannis win back? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, so. If he probably like had a year in between his uh, MVPs, he'd probably be right up there. But you know, voter fatigue and, and all that. I mean, mm-hmm. he's on the best team in the East by a wide margin. Like they're probably the prohibited favorite in the East and probably in the NBA, if I'm not mistaken. The last odds I seen, I think that reflects it. Um, yeah. yeah. But like, remember, like he's playing with Middleton, who's not. I mean, he's getting back to 100. percent You know, but he's not like at his best or, or what we're used to. And Boston started out really hot. I think they're like 21 and four, 20 and five, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And I mean, now like, you know, uh, Milwaukee's like comfortably ahead. So, I mean, I just don't think Giannis is going to get the amount of credit now. Rightfully so, I guess, you know, the two guys are playing slightly better than him, but I mean, we all know Giannis is pretty much still the best player in the NBA. Yeah. When you say comfortably ahead, it's only two games. And I believe they have a head to head matchup later in front of Boston. Yeah. Oh, really? It's too up, but they do have a head-to-head matchup, I think, later this week where that actually is going to determine the tiebreaker as well. So Uh, it might seem like they're ahead by a lot, but it's actually not as much as you might think. Yeah, I thought it was like three, um, to be honest. Yeah, they play Boston-Milwaukee play on Thursday. Yeah, Um, Yeah, I think it's going to be a chance. Yeah. 
All right, guys, uh, before we get into the schedule for the Tuesday night games, let me tell everyone about our presenting sponsor, and that is WinBet. WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is now active in Massachusetts and tons of other states. Be on the lookout for the WinBet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And during WinBet Win Hour, marquee games of the weeks will have better odds on WinBet, giving you a larger payout opportunity. We're on to the final four, and there's so many ways to bet on the big game. Sign up today to receive a special offer, bet 100 and get 100. Limited state availability. And of course, for our DGENs, only if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to winbet.com or download the WinBet app. Up offers up to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 20 years or older and present in the state where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. If you're looking to hang out with Sean and Ryan at Stadium Swim and watch the biggest golf tournament in the world, you can win a three-night stay at Circle Las Vegas to hang with the guys. The contest is completely free to enter. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash golf party. And if you don't win the contest, you can still get a discount on a room using promo code SGP15. And the Final Four watch party is going virtual. Hang out with the guys on their YouTube channel for the entire Saturday of the Final Four action. Live bets, prize giveaways, and much more. Subscribe to youtube.com slash sports gambling podcast to tune in on Saturday. All right, gentlemen, let's get into the schedule here for tonight in the association with the first game on the board. Let's go over to the nation's capital. We got the Boston Celtics. They are in the nation's capital. Take on the Wizards. This line opened up in favor of the Boston Celtics at minus 11. That number has now been bet up slightly to 11 and a half. Total opened up at 227. That number has come down to around 223, 223 and a half at consensus. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams, for the Boston Celtics, pretty clean injury report. Uh, Jalen Brown is on there listed as available. For the Washington Wizards, uh, Daniel Gafford is questionable here tonight along with Monte Morris, and then guys that are officially out will be Bradley Beal and Kyle Kuzma. So no Kuzma, no Beal here tonight for the Wizards. Questionable tags on Gafford and Monte Morris. Um, Delonte, why don't you lead us off? Minus 11.5 road favorites for the Boston Celtics uh, against the Wizards. I'll probably just lean to Boston right now. Uh, I think it's pretty much Boston or nothing with the Wizards' injuries and and how they've been playing as of late. They've lost and failed to cover four of the last five. They have been a little feisty against certain teams. I think the Raptors game was pretty close until the Raptors pulled away in the uh, fourth quarter. I think actually they were getting blown out in the first. They came back made it reasonable. I think it's like a two-point game going into the third. I was on the Raptors, so I was watching that game pretty heavy. Um, And uh, they, they just ended up running out of juice. Uh, I think Gafford got injured in that game. Um, I like what I was seeing from some of those guards. Like I was talking shit about Johnny Davis, and he like quietly he had off, yeah he had back to back good games. Like he was shooting the ball like he was back at Wisconsin, but still offensively they've been struggling. Um, you know with those guys in and out of the lineup, some of the some of the pieces aren't you know meshing well together. Uh, they're still twenty seventh in defensive rating in the last ten games. So I'm leaning to Boston. I mean they've covered seven of ten, one hundred and twenty and. 120 plus points scored in three straight games uh, and bad teams. They usually murdered them. They won the last three games by a combined 92 total points. And since Mark, since Mark Williams, I mean, Mark Williams, since Robert Williams has uh, been back in the lineup, they're number one in defensive rating by a decent margin. So, I mean, some of the stuff that he does, it, it can't be put on a stat sheet, but just how he 
you know, contest shots and makes guys switch up in the air. It's, it's just something that, that the Celtics thrive off of. So I would lean to the Celtics here. I probably won't be playing it, but I think that's the only side that you can go with right now. Yeah, Boston right now over the last five games are the second best defensive rated team uh, with a rating of 104.6, a net rating overall over the last five games of 21.3. So they're playing pretty good basketball over the last five games. Uh, Scott, what do you got for this game? Yeah, I'm on Boston. I think Boston wins in blowout fashion. Uh, Boston's been a streaky team all season long, but especially lately, they're on an upswing. Now, they did beat Sacramento comfortably by 20 and change, beat Indiana by 20-plus, and then beat San Antonio by 44 by 44 points. Shout out to San Antonio for somehow getting worse as the season went on. But still, <laughs> Boston, they're playing good basketball. Washington's got nothing to play for. They're another team that I'm kind of going to compare to Utah. It's a little bit different because Utah was expected to be tanking, and then they actually were pretty good for most of the season. And then recently they realized, why are we even trying to win games? Like, we should be trying to lose. You look at what the Wizards have done, and they were trying to do to be basically a 10 seed the entire season. And then they realized with a week with a like a week ago, wait a second, why are we trying to win? <laughs> what are we doing? And now they've just basically lost every game for the last week and change. I'm going to go ahead and go with Boston here. They're playing good basketball. It seems like they finally got their mojo back temporarily. I expect them to have a downswing once again. But they're playing good basketball. Washington's got nothing to play for. And I think at the end of the day, Boston, if they actually show up motivated for this game, they'll easily win by 20. Now, the argument is they have Milwaukee on deck. So do you think they'll be looking ahead? Maybe a little bit. But Washington is so bad and they don't care that I'm not sure if it's going to matter. I think Boston wins by 20. So I'm going to lean to Boston here. Uh, I just think that Washington is a terrible basketball team that's not trying to win. And the fact that Porzingis is now the healthiest player on your team is a bit of a concern. Because uh, going into the season, you probably would have thought that Beal and Kuzma would have lasted longer than Porzingis has. But shout out to Porzingis, I guess, who's had a pretty good year. But I'm going to go with Boston. I think they win this game comfortably. Yeah, I mean, it talked about the defensive rating for the Boston Celtics, but the Washington Wizards have been completely opposite of that. They're number 25 over the last five games. As far as defensive rating, 123.7, um, and their three-point defense has just been atrocious over the last Five games as well. They're giving up uh, about four, about 15 makes per game, which ranks number 27. And then opposing three-point percentage or opponent three-point percentage by the Wizards dead last. They're allowing teams to shoot 44.2%. You know, we know how Boston likes to jack up the three-point shots. Um, and it seems like the Washington, at least over the last five games, are just giving up so many uh, good looks to their opponents. And I think that is going to be something that, Boston should be able to take advantage of here tonight. Um, also, what Delonte mentioned there, that getting Robert Williams back obviously automatically boosts the defensive rating for the Boston Celtics. So I understand, and I think somebody pointed out in the chat, uh, Drew pointed out that this might be a look-at spot for the Celtics. Uh, I'm not sure, just because there is a day off in between um, for the Boston Celtics. I'll I'll go with the Boston here as well. I really do like the team total to go over for them here tonight. I think that's my favorite play in this game at 117 and a half. But Scott, any thoughts on the total here for tonight at 223, 223 and a half now? I guess I'd have to consider an over because I think Boston could score 130. So that's kind of yeah. going to be factored in. But I'm with you. I like Boston team total over. I'm really not expecting Washington to contribute much, especially with how the Celtics have played defense lately. And the Kings, they only gave up 109. Sacramento, we know, is a great offensive team. Pacers only scored 95. 
I don't believe Halliburton played in that game. So, you know, that, I don't know if that really means much. And they gave up 93 to San Antonio. San Antonio stinks, but they play at a fast pace. So you thought maybe they'd get to 100 based on possessions. Washington plays slower. They're also just not very good. I'm going to go with the under for Washington's team total, but I think Boston could score 120. So for the full game, I think I'm going to stay away, but I am going to go with Boston team total over. I think I know already where Delonte is going with the total, but I'll let him say it. <laughs> Delonte, thoughts on totals? Yeah, man, but uh, I'll make it a consensus with the uh, Boston team total. I think they score like north of 125 here. Um, their offenses have been rolling. I mean, they put up, they beat the Spurs. I mean, I know it's the Spurs, but without uh, Tatum by 40. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. like, yeah. they're just like rolling. Um, I'm not sure Boston fans like, uh, you know, the, the press conference from. Jalen Brown afterwards when he was asked about like the ovation on you guys see that yeah I saw that yeah yeah so uh, I don't know if he's just that locked in or if he's just like ready to get up out of there or what but that's interesting uh, but yeah I like the under uh, twenty three of thirty twenty three of the thirty seven road games for Boston have went under um, I didn't factor in the Rob Williams effect uh, I should have had those numbers that would have been better but when he's on the floor i mean offenses just can't get going they can't get anything in the paint well porzingis is going to shoot he's not going to go go in the lane and gaffer's questionable so i mean without gaffer they don't have an inside presence so i don't think they i don't think they'll be able to score a lot uh so i like the under here but i i do love the the team total for boston like with you guys so but full game under and definitely boston team total over what happened to wizards first quarter over Man, nah, man, nah, no first quarter overs. <laughs> nah, no first quarter overs. Well, they are I'm, I'm pr- one to the over in their first uh, in the first quarter of the last four games. Or sorry, last five games. They is in Washington or Boston? Washington. Uh, Washington. Washington, best first quarter ATS team in the – I mean, not, uh, first quarter over to team the over. in the, in the Well, league. you mentioned them but, before, but Munaf said they, so I was making sure we were yeah, talking about the same yeah. team. The Wizards, yeah. Yeah, yeah I just um, – I don't know if they'll be able to score as much on, on Boston's defense. I mean, they're really, really locked in. Like, so I just can't take it over right now uh, – with Washington against against that defense, I want to see their defensive rating in the first quarter. But I uh, want you give your pair, uh, any player props, uh, Delonte, and then I'll look up that first quarter for the Wizards defense. Yeah, man, I like Denny Avia. Uh, I think I'm saying that right. Uh, points, yep. rebounds, and assists over 26 and a half. Uh, he's over in four straight games. His role has expanded since um, since like Bill and Kuzma have been out. They don't uh, have any been, players, right? That, <laughs> so that he's going to play more. Mm-hmm. But he's he's been productive all year, even when um, Bill and Kuzma have been playing. Like when he gets like twenty five plus minutes, he he's usually produces. Uh, I like how he rebounds. He plays a lot of the point forward role. So uh, I mean, I don't know if you've seen a pat. He he made an incredible like behind the back pass to uh, behind the head pass to Porzingis against the Raptors. That was crazy. But yeah, I mean, I it, like you said, Scott. Somebody has to score. Somebody has to facilitate. I think it'll be him. Uh, so I lean him over. Well, I'm playing him over 26 and a half uh, points, rebounds, and assists. I didn't see Derek White threes, um, but it should be around two and a half. He's went over in four of the last five, shooting about six per game. Uh, Washington's defense is lacking on corner threes. They don't defend a corner three well, and uh, Derek White would be probably posted up in those corners while uh, Tatum and Brown run a lot of the pick and roll. So I like him over his threes made i just don't see a number on it but it's usually like slated around two and a half at pretty decent odds um scott player props so you mentioned the corner threes kobe brought it up in the chat al horford three pointers at around two and a half i like the over horford we know is going to stand in the corner as well probably the opposite side is Derek mm-hmm. white but i expect him to get a lot of attempts the only concern is if it's a blowout how many minutes are these guys actually going to play 
which is going to be a problem. So just keep an eye on that. But uh, Aaron's mentioning Kispert, maybe. I mean, somebody's going to have to shoot the ball. I think my favorite props probably not up yet. I'll take DeLon Wright props, assuming that Morris is out. I don't see lines on it, but when he plays and he actually plays decent minutes, he's always a threat to potentially go for a double-double because Mm -hmm. he's just a good facilitator and he's a pretty underrated rebounder. But looking at the numbers here in the last two games, played against Toronto, he started, played 34 minutes, had 5.7 rebounds, 8 assists, went 2 for 9 from the floor. And against San Antonio, the game before that, 29 minutes, had 24 points, 7 rebounds, and 3 assists. So I don't mind DeLon Wright props. I think he's actually a very good player, especially on a tanking team, because he's not afraid to do a little bit of everything. So I think if you want to look for a guy who might be a bit impervious to getting benched in a blowout, it might be DeLon Wright because he's the backup point guard who now has to start. Johnny Davis might play a little bit, but I think DeLon Wright's got a pretty good spot here because somebody's going to have to handle the ball, and it's going to be Wright as the starting point guard. But his rebounds and assists have been pretty underpriced because of it. I think he's in line for a pretty decent game. Yeah, I was on DeLon Wright props when Monte Morris uh, was out of the lineup for the uh, Wizards. So his assists, yeah, they were cashing um, at a at a very high rate. Even the uh, rebounds are decent. Yeah, last two games, yeah, he's had seven rebounds in each of those games. So, yeah, definitely keep an eye on that injury report if um, Monte Morris is not able to go here tonight for the Wizards. I think, yeah, that's a great pivot for DeLonte. Uh, sorry, Delonte, Delon Wright uh, for uh, tonight uh, for the Wizards. Uh, you guys have anything else for this game? No, I don't. Nope. All right. Uh, before we keep it rolling here, let me tell everyone about uh, Shady Rays. Uh, kick off the new year with new gear to build to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. Shady Rays is an independent sunglass company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair that we've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by the lost and broken uh Lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on the day that you receive them, they told us they will send you a brand new pair for absolutely free. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. With Shady Rays, you can look good and feel good. Today, they have donated over 20 million meals to fight hunger with Feeding America. And if you don't love them, exchange them for a new pair or just return them for free within the 30-day return window period. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. So exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the new year. Go to ShadyRays.com and use promo code SGPN for 50% off of two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Again, go to ShadyRays.com. Use promo code SGPN for 50% off of two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. All right, let's keep it rolling here, guys. The next game on the schedule, we have the Miami Heat. They are headed up north to take on the Toronto Raptors. Uh, this line opened up in favor of the Toronto Raptors. At a number of minus three. That number has pretty much stayed the course at minus three. Starting to see some minus three and a halves pop up. Total opened up at 219. That number has now been bet up around 219 and a half. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams for the visiting team, the Miami Heat, they are. 
pretty healthy. Kyle Lowry is the only questionable tag with left knee soreness. For the Toronto Raptors, uh, Gary Trent Jr. is questionable here tonight. And Will Barton is doubtful as well. And those are the two only significant injuries for the Raptors. So doubtful for Will Barton and uh, questionable for Gary Trent Jr. Um, Let's start with the side here. Scott, why don't you lead us off with this game? Miami catching three points in Toronto tonight against the Raptors. So Miami last time out had probably their most important game of the season because they are competing with the Nets right now for the six or seven spot, however you want to phrase it. And uh, let's just say Miami didn't show up for the second half because they were winning at halftime. And then they got absolutely destroyed by 30-plus points in the second half. They scored 31 points in the entire second half and lost by 29. You probably saw the video of Giannis Haslam going nuts uh, on the bench because (laughs) his only role is to motivate the team and promote heat culture. And they got blown out by 30-plus points in the second half and basically a must-win game. So they're actually still tied with the Nets because the Nets lost to Orlando the day after – or they might be half a game back, but the point is they're still definitely competing for that uh, sixth spot. At the end of the day, though, even though Toronto's at home and they've been good lately and the they are they are actually tied, I take it back. But the point is it's a good spot, in my opinion, for people to kind of buy low on Miami. Toronto's a team that's been playing better lately, and I get it. And I know that the spread seems a little bit low. I actually found a four out there if you want to take Miami. But I see a lot of the time – You see teams get blown out in meaningful games, and then they rally the troops and they come back the game after with a much stronger effort. I feel like everyone's going to take Toronto in the spot because of how well they've been playing lately. But I do feel like the Heat have a decent spot to kind of go contrarian here because I think these teams are going to play a physical style, and I think Jimmy Butler maybe puts on a masterclass here. I'm going to lean to Miami. I feel like Toronto is a spot where you might be wondering why this line is so short based on how well Toronto's played. I think it might be short for a reason. I'm going to give Miami the benefit of the doubt, which sounds extremely dumb because I know that they just got killed and you can't trust this team. This line seems short, and I think it seems a bit trappy, but I'm hoping Miami gives a much better effort after getting blown out on their home floor. I'm going to lean to Miami and hope Jimmy Butler rallies the troops. All right. Uh, Blanche, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of torn on this game. I literally have been – I think I told you guys this. Uh, maybe it was off the air. On, I, I've been betting, like, um, Toronto every game since the All-Star break. They're just like a bet. There was a bet on team for me. I thought they would turn it on. They've covered seven of the last ten. Uh, they played well at home, 24-15, and 15, ATS. Well, they just – like I think the matchup wise, like Scott said, it kind of favors Miami. Matchup and spot wise, kind of favors Miami, but I can't get there with them. Um, Toronto fouls a lot, and that could be you know detrimental to what they want to do. And let's get out and transition their third and transition uh, points per possession offense. You're saying Butler and, might get 20 free throws tonight? Yeah, literally, he he really might. Um, there's and you know Miami's seventh in free throw rate offense. Toronto. Uh, to their, you know, to my point earlier, the 26th in uh, free throw rate defense. So they're going to foul, and, and they don't just defend the mid range. They're Miami's a top ten mid range offense, uh, and Toronto's bottom five. So some of the advantages are uh, with to, with Miami here. Um, they're they struggle on the road, 15, 21 ATS. But I think like spot wise, like Scott was saying, it's pretty much it, it screams Miami. Uh, I probably won't be betting this game. 
uh, probably just looking at some player props. But if I had to play a side, I'd probably just lean to Miami. Plus, the I'm four. not going to bet it, but the fact that it's only three does feel like kind of free money for most people for Toronto. That's a stay away for me. They yeah, got buried on their home floor against a team they're competing with for a playoff spot. I got to I got to expect Miami to bring something in this game. If not, yeah. their seasons might might as well be over at this point. Yeah, I think I, I'm going to lean with Miami here as well. I think is, is you have to bounce back after what kind of transpired in the last game for the Miami Heat. Um, and again, you probably or not probably, but you probably you do want to stay out of that play in tournament bracket, having to play a couple extra games um, with around only about seven games left for each team. So that was a big win for the Brooklyn Nets the other night. But now with Toronto there, we know that they're going to be in that play-in tournament bracket right there. It just depends on what seed they end up at, eight, nine, or ten. They're a dangerous uh, team in that in that tournament. Yeah, I think so too. But for Miami, I, I think that if you're able to, I think this line is starting to move, creep up a little bit. I'm trying to see some three-and-a-halves. Like Scott said, there's some fours out there as well. If it gets to four, anything outside of four, four and a half, uh, if it gets up there, I will be on the Miami Heat here as well. So definitely, if you're on the Miami side, wait, because like Scott mentioned, there are four starting to pop up for the Miami Heat. Again, you have to rally after what happened in the second half in that game against the Brooklyn Nets. So I think it's a good bounce back spot. I know Toronto's been playing well, uh, but I think this is an opportunity for the Miami Heat to steal one here in Toronto here tonight, led by Jimmy Butler. So let's get over to the total in this game, guys. That number is currently sitting at two nineteen and a half. Blount, you got anything on the total? Probably would lean to the over. I mean, to the under. I'm sorry. I think both teams uh, they match up well together. Like the the wings of of Toronto, especially if Trent plays, they'll be able to stretch out uh, the defense. But Miami pretty much runs teams off of the. Um, off of the three-point line. So I think both teams have some success. Miami's offense has been playing well. I think the top five offensive rating in the last 10 games and like 24, 25 overall. So that just goes to show they've been playing better offensively. But defensively is where um, is where Toronto has their, their biggest advantage. So they're ninth in defensive rating in the last 10 games. So I'll lean to the under. Nothing strong, though. Scott? Uh, I want to lean under Miami's defense has been so bad lately that I feel like it's a little bit overvalued how good the defense is. I'm going to lean over. I think that the free throws are going to play a factor, as Delonte said before. I can see this turning into a bit of a free throw fest. I'm going to lean over. Uh, even though I mentioned Miami, I think my favorite play on the Heat's probably Butler over in points. Mm-hmm. Because if Miami's going to win or cover, Butler's going to have to have a big game. And there's ways that Miami can still lose and Butler still has a very good game. So I think that's probably my favorite play in favor of Miami. I'm just going to lean to Butler over because I think that, once again, they're going to go as far as he takes them. And he really didn't do much against the Nets. I think he bounces back. Delonte mentioned the free throw numbers and the amount of fouls Toronto commits. I can see a lot of attempts there for Butler. But he's going to have to be aggressive. So I'm going to lean to Butler over. I think he's in line for maybe a 30-piece. He's done well historically against Toronto. But I think that he's in line for a good game. Dante, uh, player props. Yeah, man, I like a couple of player props in this matchup. I like Jacob. Uh, uh, Jacob. I like uh, Jakob Pertl over twenty one and a half points and rebounds. Uh, he's over in seven of his last eight, and this is including double doubles and five of those games. The Heat interior defense is is where they lack. I mean, outside of Bam, I, like who's their backup center or, or backup forward? You, you guys know? Like, I mean, they just slide Jimmy Butler down and have him rebound. For the Miami Heat, yeah, I don't think they have any 
body that's worth anything from the backup center position or forward position? Um, let me see. That's a good question. Yeah. So it's like, usually I, obviously band that stars, but then off right. the bench they usually bring in um high no, not even high smith. They really don't have one. I mean, right. they, they, just, they, don't they, have, come, they just don't have yeah. a dip. They, they just don't have a with, dip. Yeah, well, one of the Martin brothers, Kyle Lowry, and then Max Juice has been coming off the bench. Right. So, yeah. So, so the, yeah, they don't have any traditional forward. I mean, even Bam, he's not a traditional center, but he plays center, like a small ball center. So, outside of Bam, I mean, there's nobody that's going to keep uh, Perto off the glass. So, I like him over 21 and a half rebounds. If you could find a double-double on him, that's not too crazy juice. I, w- I would play that as well. Um, I like Scotty Barnes under a half threes made. Half threes made. Uh, it's at plus money. You can get like plus 115, plus 120. Um, he's under in four of the last five, only attempting about 1.5 in that span. And the Heat, run, like I said earlier, the Heat, they run teams off the three-point line, so you're going to have to beat them from the mid-range uh, to be able to have success here. And then, Scott, I mean, I won't take your thunder, but I like Jimmy Butler over 23 and a half. Then you he's have over- to, right? 23 and a half is low for a guy who might go to the line 12 times in this game. Right. He's, he's over in eight of the last 10 games, like so. Yeah, I can't argue against uh, Jimmy Butler uh, in this game. That number seem, does seem a little conservative. Um, I was looking at Fred Van Vliet assist uh, here tonight. Um, like they've already again, they've already played three matchups this season. Toronto has won two out of the three so far, but in those three games this season, Fred Van Vliet has had ten assists, nine assists, and eight assists. And over his last five games. He's averaging eight assists per, or about eight point two assists per game uh, in that span. Currently, see his number listed at seven and a half at plus one ten. So I don't hate that. Some plus odds money there, but that was the real only player prop I really did like in this game. Uh, yeah, you guys have anything else for this game? No, I don't. All right. Um, let's keep it rolling to the next game of the night. We have the Cleveland Cavaliers. They are in Atlanta here tonight to take on the Hawks. Uh, This line opened up in favor of the Cleveland Cavaliers at minus two. And now that number is now down to a pick them total opened up at 231. That number has been bet all the way up to 237 and a half. Uh, Looking at the injury report for both of these teams for the road team, the Cleveland Cavaliers, I am currently seeing Jared Allen is questionable here tonight. And also Isaac Okoro is questionable here tonight. Nobody of significance that is, well, they have plenty of guys that are out, but nobody really of significance. Um, and then for the Atlanta Hawks, pretty clean injury report. Only Jalen Johnson is out with the left hamstring and groin strain. Uh, Delonte, lead us off with a now down to a pick between the Cavs and the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, I think it's the perfect number. Uh, Pickham would be probably the the best price to play at this game. Cleveland is Cleveland is the better team, uh, but I mean they struggle on the road. Sixteen twenty one and one ATS on the road. Their defense travels are still allowing under one hundred and ten points in three of the last five games. Uh, they force turnovers, but Atlanta doesn't turn the ball over. It's just hard to trust Atlanta. I thought it was a home run spot for them against Memphis, and while they play well, they kind of. It, they kind of had stretches where they didn't like look disinterested defensively, which is something they've been looking like all year. Um, the offense looks a lot better with Quinn at the helm, um, playing a lot more off ball. Trey's playing a lot more off ball. I mean, they've covered three of the last five, but I just don't like how they've been playing. Uh, they're not profitable at home, 17 and 20 ATS at home. 
Yeah, and, and they're just giving up 120 plus in four of the last five games. So that just goes to show you that they're playing no defense at all. Um, some of the things that Atlanta does well, getting out in transition, they won't be able to do against Cleveland, even without uh, Jared Allen, mobile to be able to protect the paint. So I guess I'll lean Cleveland here. I don't have anything strong on it. I just think that the better defensive team, likely the best player on the court in Donovan Mitchell. So uh, I'll just take the Cavs here. Scott, what do you got? I think I'm going to lean to Atlanta. And the Cavs are the much better team. I'm not going to pretend that they're not. However, their best two defensive players are just casually not playing against a team that is only good at offense. I think it's a good spot for Atlanta at home. The thing is, we saw the last meeting that they had, and Atlanta won that one at home 136 to 119. And now Allen and Okoro both might not play. I think it's a decent spot for Trey to have a huge game, maybe DeJounte as well. But I think that this line seems extremely trappy where people are just going to jump on Cleveland because Cleveland's the better team and they've won four straight, and Atlanta's been inconsistent. But I'm going to lean Atlanta here. It's a good spot, in my opinion. Who's supposed to guard anybody on this Cleveland team? Mo- I mean, you got Mobley who's going to be roaming the paint, and isn't that basically it? Trey historically has been very good against Cleveland, but they don't have many good wing defenders if Okoro is not going to play. So, I mean, what are you looking at? Karis LeVert as your best defensive player on the perimeter? Mm-hmm. That's not exactly ideal. I'm going to lean Atlanta. I like the over in this game. I know that the total seems high, but once again, the last meeting landed in the 250s. I like Atlanta team total over, uh, but I think that's going to be my main play. I'm going to lean Atlanta team total over. I just see them scoring a bunch of points against the Cavs team that A, should be worse defensively. B, should play faster with Allen being off the floor and with the Coro. I know he hit the corner with shot against the Nets to win the game. He's not a great shooter, or he doesn't give you much offensively. So Cleveland's offense might actually improve with the Coro off the floor because they have an extra shooter for, for, as a floor spacer. Maybe give Osmond more minutes. He's actually been good lately, and he can give you some spacing. I like the over in this spot. I think you'll see points. But give me Atlanta team total over. I think Atlanta probably scores 120. Wow, yeah, I couldn't really. really... What? 120? Mm-hmm. Uh, they scored Cleveland? 136 last game, and a Coro and Allen might not play. Hmm. I don't know. Oh, my bad, Moon. I mean to cut you. I know you're at home. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, look, we talked about this on Saturday, right? Where they were Atlanta's just giving up uh, an incredible amount of points, and they're also scoring points as well. But Cleveland on the road so far this season, I mean, it hasn't been world beaters as far as the spread goes. Sixteen, twenty, and two overall on the road. We know they're a really good home team. Um, and then on the road to the total 20 and eight, 20 slightly uh, to the over at 20 and 18. Um, and then Atlanta at home, 19 and 18 uh, to the over at home. They're 17 and 13 as home favorites, but currently seeing that as a pick them. So, yeah, I think that we'll see some back and forth in this game. If this game was in Cleveland, where Cleveland, like we mentioned, have been a really good home team against the spread and towards the under, um, I would, I would, I would look at that way but since this is in atlanta we talked about this on saturday where they were like it was automatically just 70 points being scored in that first Mm -hmm. quarter um again i think we'll just see some back and forth here i think this should be a a game where the stars really shine i think donovan mitchell has a big game i think they like scott mentioned trey young should have a big game dejounte murray should get his as well um and i think we'll see a lot of three-point shooting this game here as well for uh the atlanta hawks so I'm not going to talk you off the Atlanta Hawks team total over either, but I, again, I do like the over in this game. This 
the money has come in on the over and the, the the line has moved or the total has moved in that direction towards the over at 237 and a half right now. Um, let's get over to some player props in this game. Delonta, do you have anything that you do like? Uh, I like Evan Mobley points, rebounds, and assists. I like it especially if Allen is out. That means he'll be responsible more with like rebounding. And he's been facilitating a little bit more uh, as of late. Uh, I think like he matches up well against the Atlanta front line. He's over in four of the last five games, and he landed 30 in one of those games. So I, I like a matchup, and I like the spot for Evan Mobley. Also, DeJounte Murray, over five and a half assists. I think that's a little bit too short. Like I mentioned earlier, Trey's been playing a little bit off ball since uh, Quinn has arrived. So DeJounte's been handling some ball, uh, handling the ball a lot more. Mm-hmm. And he's like he's effective in that role. I mean, it's just that I don't think Trey, I don't think Trey is as comfortable yet playing off the ball. Maybe he'll get there, maybe he won't, uh, depending on your stance on Trey. But DeJounte's over this number in four straight in those four games, nine, twelve, eight, and nine for the assists. So I think he has a decent night assist wise. Uh and guarding, I guess Mitchell will probably take away from some of his offensive prowess, uh, scoring wise. So I like him to be dishing out a lot of assists tonight. Uh, Scott, player props. Well, I didn't mention before, by the way, we, we got to take the first quarter over, right? At like 60 and a half. I was going to go back and, and take the first half over, um, the first quarter or first half. I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, just because last five games, both of these teams are top five in offensive rating. Um, we talked about it on Saturday as well. Atlanta's number two, 130.4 offensive rating and Cleveland number four in offensive rating at 125.3 over the last five games, uh, in the first half in particular. But yeah, yeah, I think I'd first quarter, the first, first half. half also as well. Now that I think about it, because the last meeting, even though it landed 255, you only had 55 in the first quarter. Second quarter had a casual 83. Just a so casual. I think it might be in favor of the first half as well for the over. But I see points in this game. Yeah. So I like a bunch of overs. I think Trey's going to have a good game. I thought about taking assists as well. But the problem is DeJounte has handled the ball more. So I am a little bit worried about the assists if Trey's going to play off ball. I like the points, though. A Mobley, Delonte already mentioned, I think he's going to have a good game, especially if you see Allen out of the lineup. I got to like Capella. Capella has been giving them very good minutes lately, and he has had a, he's had he been a double-double machine lately. What do you have, like 16 and 16 over the weekend? against? Uh, uh, yeah, 18 yeah. and 16 against yeah, the Grizzlies. 18 and 16 against 17 and great. 17 against the Pacers. Yep. So I'd look at Capella to have a good game as well. Mobley, we know he's a good defensive player, but with all the pick-and-roll switches and with the lob threats that Trey can throw – I think you'll end up seeing Capella get a couple of easy dunks by the rim with all the switches, but I see points. So if I'm expecting each team to potentially score 120, I like the overs. You mentioned it might be a game where the stars shine. I don't mind the the same game parlay, like Mitchell 35 plus, Trey 30 plus, DeJounte 20 plus, and maybe Garland 20 plus. I see a bunch of points. Like I just think you're going to see really no defense being played, and that's why I like the overs in this game. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I, you know, if this big of a total, if we do like the over, you'll see a lot of points being scored. Like I mentioned, I think this is a game where we do see the stars shine. Whether well, it's Darius Garland, Trey Young, um, Donovan Mitchell, uh, Dejounte Murray, do like the Clint Capella angle for tonight as well. As far as his rebounds, trying to pull up that number exactly. Um, he's been so good for them lately. Yeah, and he's. I, I think we've seen a, him playing a little bit of more minutes as well. Compared to what we were used to seeing earlier in the season, that number is at twelve and a half right now for Clint Capella, at plus one ten as well. So there's some nice plus odds where, especially like we just mentioned, he's had 12, 16, 8, 17, and sixteen 
over the last five games for the Atlanta Hawks. Oh, sorry, yeah, for the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, but in two games this season against the Cleveland Cavaliers, he's only averaging eight rebounds. So um, definitely keep that in mind. Um, I think as far as any player props that I do, like I, I again, I think that Donovan Mitchell has a big game. His points prop is at 27 and a half. It's, it's a little chalky and square, but I think he's going um, for 30. Yeah. Sometimes that wins. The point. Yeah. I think he gets into 30. Um, maybe Darius Garland threes. I know he's early on in the season. We talked about that as well. That number is at one and a half. Uh, it's at one and a half minus. I thought about Osmond so. threes. If I get lines on it. Yeah. That'll probably come out later. In Osmond's the day. been shooting well lately. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's it. Anything else for this game, guys? Yeah, I got nothing else. No. All right, so we'll cut it here for part one of the NBA Gambling Podcast for the Tuesday games. Uh, so we'll get into part two uh, for the final three games on the schedule here for Tuesday. So, again, tune in for part two as well. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm going to get it. Basketball, give me, give me, give me.